Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mode, the thoughts that get you out of the mode, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 123, Marriages That Wither or Bloom. Which one is yours? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. So we are mixing things up once again here at Anderson Coaching. We have an exciting new monthly membership program that we will be launching very soon. And in anticipation of that, Nick will be focusing some more of his time and his expertise and getting things ready for that. So it can include all the amazing things that we want it to include. So moving forward, you will be getting a fun mixture of podcasts where sometimes it will be just me and sometimes it will be both of us. And before we dive into today's topic, I just wanted to take a moment to reflect on the beauty and power of podcasts. Each of you can totally use this podcast to your advantage. A podcast is one of those things that is absolutely fabulous for multitasking, especially if there is something that needs to be done that you don't particularly like or enjoy doing. I know many, many people who listen to a podcast when they are folding their laundry, working out, doing yard work, running errands, or even getting ready in the morning. So... I just want to encourage you that if there is something that you've been needing to get done, or if there's a goal that you are struggling to reach, try listening to a podcast while you are trying to accomplish it. It really can be an amazing experience. So the concept of a couple's relationship withering away has come up quite a bit lately in my work as a life coach. And also, as I've just been talking to people outside of my work, and it really got me thinking about this on a deeper level. I wanted to dive into it and really get to the bottom of it and see where it comes from. So let's start off with a few definitions. The word wither can be defined as to become dry and shriveled, to cease to flourish, to fall into decay or decline to cause to deteriorate or weaken, to lose vitality, force, and freshness, to mortify someone with a scornful look or in a scornful manner. Now, as soon as I read that first definition of withering as becoming dry and shriveled, I was immediately reminded of when Nick and I went to Israel a few years ago. On one of our outings, our tour guide took us up a small hill just outside of the main city, and he asked us to look and observe what we saw. From where we were standing, it became very easy to see something that I had read about in scriptures, but I had never really taken the time to picture it in my mind for myself. What we observed was that right in the middle of the city was a long line of bright green vegetation. And most of the houses and buildings were set close to this line of green. And the further you got away from it, there were fewer and fewer houses. 
It was more and more dry, and there was just less life there. The green was a sign of life, and the trees and flowers and gardens were growing with strength and vitality because they were all near a body of water. People did not like to live far from the water source for fear that they would wither up and die. Are we living near the things that give our marriage life and vitality? Are we living with the nutrients and skills our marriage needs to flourish? We blame our spouse because things aren't going the way that we think they should be. And we want them to do all the work to make it better for us. And often at this point, the negative thoughts we have about our spouse have probably run amok and have triggered us to feel all kinds of negative feelings towards our spouse. As all of these negative thoughts and feelings pile up, it can become very challenging to feel the desire to be intimate. When marriage gets hard and we face challenges in the relationship, we may find that we resort to the quick and easy but often harmful tactics and hope that we will start to gain some type of control over the situation. But these far from mature tactics actually weaken the integrity of the strong connection that used to be there. And we end up in a place where we are feeling worn out and burned out. And the hopelessness that often accompanies that can also bring a loss of vitality, a loss of desire to try again, and a loss of desire to try something fresh and new. When we are feeling hopeless and weak and worn out, and we just try to do our wifely duty without even wanting to in the first place, it will probably come as no surprise that enjoying the intimate experience also will have its challenges. If we have tried to convince ourselves or talk ourselves into it or try to force ourselves to not only be in the mood, but to also enjoy intimacy, that would be coming from a place of a victim mentality where we feel we no longer have an effective voice or say, and that we are no longer even an effective force in our own lives. When we don't feel we can make a difference in our own life, we may resort to saying mean things, doing mean things, being critical, withholding affection and love, or saying something in a scornful manner. This can easily lead to even more stressful feelings of being stuck, not making progress, or feelings of depression. And when we are feeling these emotions frequently or even on a daily basis, no wonder we don't want to get frisky with our spouse. So what do we do about all of this? We need to recognize that there are two types of relationships that we can be in. We can be in a relationship where we bloom as a person or one where we wither away. And each one is based on something different. When we are in a relationship where we can bloom as an individual as well as a couple, this usually signifies that there is a higher level of maturity and thinking taking place, which allows for a high degree of being creative and proactive. This means that we are not doing a lot of waiting around 
for our spouse to tell us what to do or to tell us what comes next. We make our decisions ahead of time. And we do this by asking ourselves a few important questions such as these. What kind of spouse do I want to be, especially when it comes to intimacy? What about when it comes to being thoughtful? What about when it comes to creating opportunities for fun? What about when it comes to communication? And what about when it comes to how I respect myself and my spouse? Asking these questions allows you to make these decisions ahead of time before the next struggle shows up. The answers to these questions are not about your spouse's expectations of you, but these questions are meant for you to think higher and more logically and more creatively and even more expansive about what you are capable of accomplishing and not just falling for the lazy and limiting way of thinking that humans often get trapped in. And these types of questions can also be very energizing and motivating because they call upon us to use our agency to make the decisions that we think would be in our best interest and the most beneficial for the marriage as a whole. Now, something else that's very exciting that you may not be aware of is that using our agency can actually be a big part of feeling aroused for a woman. When she is an active participant in the marriage relationship and uses her agency to advocate for the emotional experience she desires in the intimate experience, her voice is being heard and carefully considered. And this can light a fire within her. But most people don't talk about agency as being arousing, but it totally can be. We can use our agency to purposefully create the intimate environment that we want to experience later on that night. By doing this, we generate our own sensual energy and our desire to experience it can easily increase. In essence, we want to use our sensual agency for self-advocacy. That is powerful stuff. Do not underestimate the power within you to advocate for the sexual experience you want to have. It's in the process of speaking up, communicating clearly, and advocating for yourself that you will start to feel your own natural desire being generated within and that is an amazing feeling. When we are in a relationship where we are withering away, we need to recognize that we are simply reacting to things in the relationship after they have already happened. We don't anticipate what might come or plan for it. We don't use our higher thinking skills or creativity. We are just too quick to react and often to overreact to the circumstances we face that we don't like. When we are in this type of relationship, we find that we are doing a lot of waiting around and we do wait for our spouse to make the decisions and for them to tell us what to do or to make decisions on the fly and then we get mad at them when we don't like the results. When a spouse says, well, how was I supposed to know that? Or she never asked me to do that, so how was I supposed to know? 
we can be pretty sure that they are in a reactive relationship, even if it's one that is passive-aggressive. Now, when we are doing a lot of waiting around for our spouse to make all the decisions and to tell us what to do and how to do it and why, we can become very angry and resentful. And when we are intimate from a place of anger and resentment, we betray ourselves and horribleize the concept of intimacy and our spouse all together. So we really need to take a closer look at which type of relationship we are currently in and then ask ourselves if we like that kind of relationship and if that's the kind we really want to be a part of. But we can also ask ourselves, am I living up to what I expected of myself in this relationship? Now that is a deeper soul-searching question. But when we are proactive in marriage, we feel invigorated and alive in the relationship. We feel creative and easily motivated and like the personal growth that comes from getting through the hard times, making you a better and more resilient person. And when you are feeling more of those energetic and positive emotions, it's actually so much easier to be in the mood for intimacy and to actually enjoy it. Are we catching this? It's easier to be in the mood when we are creative and proactive and not waiting around. Do not let yourself fall for the trap of, why should I do all of the work? The answer is because when you decide to do things for your own self-discovery and your own self-development, you are the one that feels amazing. Now, we can easily find out which type of relationship we are in by simply observing ourselves and how we normally react to the frustrating things that come up in marriage. You can ask yourself, how do I repeatedly respond? What are my responsive habits? Are they helpful? Are they harmful? Do I like them? Are they benefiting my marriage and my family? Do I want to change them? And if I do, to what and why? Now, being proactive helps prevent problems. And when there are fewer stressful problems to solve, it can be so much easier to feel in the mood for intimacy. Think about the contrast of that for a minute between withering away and blooming in your marriage. When something is in bloom, it is in a state of high beauty, freshness, and vigor. It's a time to flourish and shine and to mature into the achievement of its potential. When a flower is in bloom, it is often a time of high development, appearing more remarkable and becoming more fully expressed. Imagine what marriage would be like and what intimacy would be like if each spouse was experiencing life in full bloom. It would be amazing. All of these wonderful and amazing emotions would make our desire for intimacy come easily and naturally. If your marriage is facing some challenges right now, please consider what will happen if you do nothing. Be proactive and unleash the creativity within yourself 
as to how to solve some of the challenges you are facing in your marriage without trying to force your spouse to change. Challenge yourself and see just how much you can change the trajectory of the relationship just by changing one small thing that you are doing. That's it, just one small thing. Changing one negative thought that you are having about your spouse, yourself, your marriage, or intimacy can make a huge difference. Now, this concept of being in high bloom, progressing and growing through what you go through, is going to be at the heart of our new monthly membership that we will be launching very soon called Make It Meaningful. So be on the lookout for more details to come in the very near future. But for now, please remember, you can always go to shelly.andersoncoaching.com and get the mini course called Restoring Intimacy or the full in-depth course called The Intimacy Effect, Intimacy Beyond Sex. Now, on a spiritual note, I wanted to share a scripture found in 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, But God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Our Heavenly Father wants us to be powerful in our own lives, not victims. He wants us to approach our relationships with love. And if you find it challenging to think thoughts that are not critical, withering, blaming, or damaging— Pray about it. Search the scriptures for more powerful thoughts and sentences and phrases than the ones that are currently in your mind and switch them out on purpose. It takes a bit of effort, but you can totally do it. Now, as we get near the end of this episode, I want to share with you a few phrases of advocacy. This can really help you advocate for yourself in the marriage when it comes to what you think is missing in the relationship or with intimacy and in a way that is not mean or critical of your spouse. There isn't even an issue of someone being right or wrong. It also conveys the message that this is just one part of yourself and not all of you that is in need of something more. Focusing on communicating just one part is much easier for the brain to tackle than thinking there are hundreds of issues to solve. So an example of this could be, you know, there's a part of me that really yearns to have some more long conversations with you. Or there's a part of me that really wants to see what happens when we focus on intellectual intimacy before we move into the bedroom. Or There's a part of me that really wants to experience a lovemaking session out in the woods. Another example is, there is a part of me that really wants to make out for longer. Another example is, there is a part of me that really wants to slow down our kissing so that my natural desire to be intimate can really build up. So if you notice, none of these phrases require your spouse to do anything. You are simply stating and advocating for yourself and being willing to put your thoughts out there, knowing that you will still solve for those things yourself, even if your spouse does nothing. And you can feel amazing knowing that you proactively took the steps to improve your experience 
to come to be. And that is growing and blooming and flourishing in your marriage. So those are a few ideas of how to be proactive in your communication in a way that is very, very effective. And please, please do not criticize your spouse in front of your children. That is an immature tactic, and you are better than that. Constantly criticizing your spouse or your ex-spouse if you're divorced is reactive and damaging and has withering effects, not only on you personally, but also on your children. Please do not model ineffective communication and don't pass down damaging habits. And for the love, don't damage the relationship you have with your children because of the fleeting pleasure you might find in criticizing your spouse. Just say to yourself, starting now, I just don't do criticism. And then don't do it. It's not worth it. Because instead of having a sound mind full of powerful thoughts, criticism will breed decay, both in the mind and in the heart. So this next week, let's see if we can change the trajectory of our marriage and move away from the withering effects of blame and victimhood to one of creativity, power, agency, and self-advocacy. You will start to feel different, and that will catapult you to act different. Your results will start to shift, and you will be proud of your efforts. It is time to grow through what you go through and to live in the era of high bloom. Because remember, the more that you restore this type of intimacy with yourself, the more you restore it with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you will join us again next week.